everyone. Hi, hello. It is me, Allison Rosen. Welcome to another episode of Allison Rosen is your new best friend. I'm sitting here with comedian Mark Norman. Hello and welcome. Hey, hey, good to be here. He has a special Mark Norman, don't be yourself. I feel like I messed up the part that comes before the colon, don't be yourself. No, you nailed it. Amy Schumer presents Mark Norman, colon, don't be... What's the full title? I just call it don't be yourself because I... I am Mark Norman, right? So it feels, it feels weird to say my own name, but uh, yeah, I think you nailed it. That's fine. Amy Schumer produced it, but uh, you don't have to throw her in to everyone, you know. You do. I mean, she does appear the very beginning of your special yes. more than once. She brings me. We do a whole thing in the green room where she yells at me, and then she brings me out on right. stage, and that's about it. Well, we're gonna have to talk about that because I follow you on Instagram, and I know that you travel the world via private jet with her. Oh yeah, because you open for her, yes. I open for her and Louis C.K. Oh wow! Yeah, look at a, you. A few times I wouldn't. I'm not like his uh, his go to. Go to, but yeah. Who's his go to? Uh, he he mixes it up. Mm. He's a little scared of the commit, I believe. Meant. How do you you know? I, uh, <laughs> I didn't. I was. I didn't know where you were going to go. No, I knew you were going there with. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay, and also you are the co-host of Tuesdays with Stories. Wow, you're good. Thank you, man. I really appreciate it. I try. Yeah, it's a, it's a fun pod. Me and my friend Joe List. We uh, we travel the world. He also opens for Louie and other people, and uh, he's a comic in New York as well. And we we leave every weekend to go do our adventures in comedy, and then we come back and share what we saw. What did you see this week? Oh my god. I've been all over the road. I, I did the comedy store last night, got to hang out with Dana Carvey, and we chatted it up. Uh, I had uh, a guy on a, fl- a Delta flight, a United flight, excuse me, and uh, this guy, a, a very gay flight attendant, was walking by, you know, with his cart, and he goes, I've seen you on Conan. I go, oh, yeah, and he goes, uh, here's some free, uh, he gave me one of those boxes of protein boxes or whatever they call it, you know? Wow. So I got a freebie. That's worth like $7.95. I know. I'll <laughs> take it. And so then I had like a murmur around like the other people in the seats, like, who's right. that guy? He looks homeless you know, or whatever. He doesn't look famous. <laughs> right. But look at him with his cheese and nuts. Yes. Cheese and nuts. <laughs> Perhaps some hummus. Exactly. That was exactly what was in it. You're good. Thank you. Yeah. You know your box. And, oh, jeez. <laughs> That's what they say about me. <laughs> Yeah, was so good times. United extra kind. Wait, did I read a tweet? Did you write yes, a tweet? That was one I of did. your tweets. Okay, I looked at your your Twitter feed just recently. Uh-huh. Um, in response to the recent uh, dragging of the guy off the plane, were did it seem like they were trying to overcompensate? Totally, totally. Just a lot of smiles and a lot of hellos and how are yous and uh, you want you want you want the can. With that Coke Zero? Oh, wow. With the whole can? I was like, I'd, I'd love the whole can. So, yeah, they were bringing it. I like a little trash every now and then because it kicks people in the pants. <laughs> you know, like I'm from New Orleans. Katrina, mm-hmm. like New Orleans' most laid-back city, party town, cool dude. And uh, we had a lot of problems. And then once Katrina came, it, it really like made everybody go, all right, we got to get our shit together. I've never been to New Orleans, oh, but I would like to. You would hate it. Really? Well, it's a it's a real <laughs> you got to get up and go party. Like you're you're hungover, but you got to get out there and put down a few beers and uh, show your cans. What do I seem like? Someone who doesn't want to show my cans and party? Yes, it's. I guess I, I, mean, I can't argue with that. I'm I'm not that person. I, I want to I want to seem like that person. We all do, but no one really is. And the guy who is that guy is dying inside. So the fact that you're probably not... Probably the outside, too. Probably, yeah. You might be dying all over. 
But the fact that you're not that person shows some strength, I think. Thank you. What mm-hmm. was it like growing up there? Oh, my God. It was, uh, it was a weird upbringing, if you really want the whole anal. I, uh, I grew up in a poor black neighborhood. My dad bought a mansion, in, like a dilapidated mansion in this bad neighborhood. And uh, we got robbed all the time because people just assumed we were loaded because we had a mansion. Right. You had the ostentatious house. Yes. And we had a transgender nanny named Enos. It was a giant black guy with a wig and high heels. I guess transvestite would be the correct. Right. It was just the outfit, but he was a burlesque dancer, and uh, he kind of like raised me. And uh, where was your mom? They both worked all day, every day, and uh, well, they would come home at night. But then the house was such a money pit that my dad had to make the back half of bed and breakfast just to <laughs> get some income. So now we're eating breakfast with these. Traveling businessman and weirdo musicians who were just staying there, almost like a pre Airbnb. Mm-hmm. And uh, my mom's whipping up waffles, and I'm eating, you know, cold toast and butter. But uh, it was a weird upbringing. We got robbed a lot. Eventually, my bike got stolen a million times. Got roughed around a bit. A lot of racial tension. It was the '90s, and uh, eventually, two guys broke in and held my parents up at gunpoint. Tied him up with my dad's neckties while I was at a Mardi Gras parade. I came back home. There was a million cops. So eventually my parents were like, all right, we got to get the hell out of here. Wow. Yeah, wild how, childhood. How old were you when that happened? I was 14 when that happened. That was like the last straw. How did the cops get there? Uh, well, eventually when the guys left, my dad kind of finagled out oh. of the necktie. It wasn't a great knot, I don't right. think. Right. It wasn't a Cub Scout, you know. What kind of criminals were these that they didn't even bring in their own restraints? I think they were just drug addicts and they just... My, they knocked on the back door, and my dad was like, you know, what the hell is this? It's nine at night. And he opened the door, and they just p- put a gun in his face, and he was just like, oh, shit. And then they, you know, they went from there. A lot of improv. So your parents weren't hurt, though, other than being traumatized by it? No. And robbed? My mom was pretty fucked up for a oh. while mentally, but it wasn't a no pain, no gain kind of thing. They just, they, they uh, what's the word? Complied. Right. Yeah. I think that's what you're supposed to do. Yeah. But then I've also heard that's what you're not supposed to do. There's so many different directions to go when someone's trying to, I mean, I guess it just depends what they're trying to do. Yeah. I guess what I've heard is if you're being carjacked, don't go along with it because it's going to end up with you being killed. Oh, is that right? Yeah, but I don't know if it's true. And then there's the whole, if you're skidding out, turn into the skid, turn away Mm -hmm. from the skid. Ah, who knows? My dad always told me, and again, this is, it's not like he had practiced this or tried this. It was just his idea. He's like, fake a heart attack mm. if someone is trying to, to you know, hold you up or anything like that because they're not going to want the, the, uh, the, the, the trouble. attention. Yeah. yeah. Oh, right, right. So I keep that one in my back pocket. See, I'm such a bad actor that he would probably <laughs> kill me because of it. He'd be like, what are you doing? <laughs> I'm the worst. I got kicked out of an audition in L.A. recently. What happened? I had an audition that my dad was dying next to me. At a, we were watching a football game in, a, in the living room or something, and my dad has a heart attack next to me. And uh, my whole line was like, you know, oh, my God, Dad, like that whole thing. But I was just like, ah, Dad, what are you, crazy? Come on, what are you doing? They were like, what? Get out of here. This is bad. I think they, they thought... I was fucking with them, but I was just a bad actor. Did they really kick you out of it? I like, mean, they were like, please go. <laughs> like, they, they weren't... It they wasn't didn't like want to see you try... They didn't want to see yeah. you take it from the top again? Yeah, it wasn't a Jazzy Jeff situation, but it was, uh, you know, get, get hit the bricks, weirdo. Right. What, uh, what was an audition for? Uh, it was uh, some drama movie. I can't remember the name. It, it, this is years ago, but uh, it came out eventually. I'd like to see it. You ever see a commercial that you auditioned for on TV? 
Yes. That's a weird feeling. Yes. Because you're like, oh, he's better than me. How about that? It was, you know what's, I feel weird even saying this. Uh-oh. The one Flo that I'm thinking. Progressive? Was that supposed to be you? <laughs> no, that could have been me. <laughs> I always wonder, is that a gilded cage or is she Is she happy? I think she's got to be a buttload of money. a millionaire, so I think she's all right. And she's killing it. She's so good at it. Yeah. So I think she's all right. But I wonder if she has aspirations beyond that. She's, she was on Mad Men. Is that right? Yeah, like very first season she was, did you watch Mad Men? Yeah, well, I've seen, I think, the half of all of it. The first sense. half? No, like half of the whole show. Because it's uh, over, right? Yes. Yeah, I think I've seen the, the like first from the beginning. Three. Okay. Yeah. Um, the, what did they call it? The phone farm? All the women that were sitting by the switchboard mm. at um, the ad agency who would answer the phones. She was one of them. Oh. I think it was pre-Flow. Maybe it was concurrent with Flow. I don't know. Kristen Shaw, also one of those Yes, yeah. yes, exactly. But so anyway, the specific commercial I'm thinking, the woman who got the part was Indian. I'm like, oh, okay. Uh-huh. Well, how can I compete with that? Yeah. Except well, that I don't think that's not why they hired her. It was just they yeah. just preferred the way she acted. Maybe. You never um, know. What were you, you're supposed to act. A no, it was like a... I can't remember what the product was, but everyone in the office was getting together to sing happy birthday to someone, and she was supposed to be like mildly annoyed by it. I'm like, that's my thing. <laughs> but I think I, I think I really, really was overacting because I sort of remember like jutting my hip out and crossing my arms and just being like, ugh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> by the way, great podcast name, Mildly Annoyed with Elsa yeah, Rosen. Thank you. You know what it is, an acting, or actually it was an improv teacher, once sort of singled me and someone else in the class out and was like, you guys tend to play things really subtly or like really under, I shouldn't say underact, but it was like when you think that you're doing like a big, huge thing on stage, you're really not. So just keep that in mind. So I think that's why in the audition I was like, I'm going to be like, like teenager number four. Yeah. And then they just wanted someone else. I but also, I could tell I was terrible, so there was that, Right. Too. <clears throat> Do you have the thing where you're in the middle of it, you're going, this is bad, this is bad, this is bad, this is bad, and you kind of start freaking out? It's 100% of the uh, time, uh, whether I'm in an audition or not. <laughs> yeah, all right, me too. I mean, I have it right now. But, uh, <laughs> all right, so it's good to not be alone there. Yeah. Story of my life. Um. So, yeah, you know, looking at you, Uh-oh. you seem like a well-adjusted, attractive guy who goes through wow. life fairly smoothly. Jeez and yet, from, just from reading your Twitter feed... Uh-huh. I know that you are touched, anxiety-ridden, and neurotic. Oh yeah, insecure. For sure. Oh my god, social anxiety. What's going you, on? You got them all. Let's yeah. crack the nut. That's Mark Norman. Ah, uh, you know, just uh, anal- way over analyzing, uh, negative, critical of myself, uh, low self-esteem, low self-worth, all that, all the good ones. Mm. Why do you think? Oh jeez, I don't know. I I mean, uh, I uh, my therapist who thinks it's my parents, obviously, but uh, they seem like nice people to me. They're a little weird, but whose aren't? See, well, now I'm defending weird. them. He would yell at me for defending them. I uh, um, I probably didn't say a negative word about my parents in therapy for the first so many years. Yeah, yeah, it was because I was in therapy in California. Um because I was in a relationship that was not good and I couldn't get out of it. And it was actually my parents who were like, you should talk to therapists. And mm. I didn't take that well, but <clears throat> yeah. but then, hang on, there's something in my throat. This can't be good for podcasting. <laughs> <clears throat> <clears throat> Thank you. Yeah, literal cough button. <laughs> uh, 
who recommended I talk to someone because I mean I thought everything that I my behavior was totally normal, but in retrospect, I think everyone around me was like, "Why are you? Why are you addicted to this relationship? That's right. not good." Um, so funny. I was in the same boat. Really? Yeah, twelve years. I see, and I had written down girlfriend eleven years. Oh yeah. There you go. Right. You're good. Okay, well, so let me just say this real fast, yeah, and then please. I want to find out about that. See, no, I even no, wrote no. it down because I want to find out about how someone as young as you was in a relationship for that long. But so yeah. anyway, I was in therapy in California, um, and the whole thing was it's sort of at my direction, just focused on relationships, and I, ne- I really never got into talking about my parents. And then I moved to New York, and that's where I started actually sort of exploring my relationship with my parents. And then when I came back, um, I saw the original California therapist. I like I have a therapist in every port, you know. Yeah, yeah. It just makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> um, and she said something. I, I, I can't remember the, the line of questioning, but she said something about how she had wanted me to talk about my parents for, and I just was resistant. Like, I just mm-hmm. wouldn't. Um, now I'm realizing I didn't need to tell that story. Okay. No, no. I, I feel better that you did. You do? Yeah, well, because I'm not alone here. Right. Okay, good. So, yeah. How old are you? 33. And you were in a relationship for 12 years. Oh, yeah. The whole... Do tell. High school sweetheart. We were like the it couple, you know? Mm-hmm. Everybody's like, I wish I, we were like you. We keep fighting. How do you guys do it? And we felt great being the the hot couple, you know, and always having a great time, always getting along, and uh, went to high school, then college, then I found stand-up, then I moved to New York. She came to New York with me. We lived together. It was a whole thing, and then it just started to erode over mm-hmm. the years. And But it probably should have ended three, four years earlier, but we just kind of kept it growing, kept it going, and uh, it was real ugly at the end. What kind of ugly? Well, I, I eventually, uh, I'm such a wuss that I couldn't just do it, and I would talk about doing it all, and my friends were like, look, Either do break up with her or, or stop talking about it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, ah, I don't want to hurt her, blah. And they're like, well, you're kind of hurting her because you're kind of neglecting her and blah, blah, blah. And uh, yeah, so eventually I got caught cheating and then it was, uh, the, then that was it. Oh, that really is the passive aggressive way out. It is. Or the, yeah. passive, I don't even know that passive aggressive is what I would call it because it's, it's aggressive. It's the indirect way out. Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. Did you get caught cheating like you wanted to be caught? I don't think I, I definitely didn't want to get caught, but on the surface, but I, maybe I did because I knew that would work. Mm-hmm. So maybe it was a subconscious thing. How'd she catch you? Uh, I'm worried she's going to hear this. I, uh, Does she listen to my show? Oh, I think so. Oh, she sounds great. She's a good egg. <laughs> but it's been a few years. I, uh, I was taking a shower and I left my phone on the uh, coffee table and it lit up and it was the gal. And this is before like, those iPhones are pretty new. I didn't have a passcode. So mm-hmm. you could go in there and see the whole nine. I'm actually more of a six inch, but uh, yeah, you could see the whole to do. How long had it been going on? Oh, uh, it was it was a one time thing, oh, okay. but uh, that was but there enough. was still some talk about it. Yeah, a lot of texting, but what happened? So she got to read the the gooey details. The texting about what happened, like this can't ever happen again because I'm in a relationship. No, or... this was hot when we did that and that and that. Oh, yeah, so she got boy. a nice front row seat. And, uh, you know, the, the curtain came open. And I was like, hey, what's shaking? <laughs> and then the phone came in oh. and dropped the phone. And I jumped out naked, pleading, you know, denying, 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 naked, wet in the living room, which is never a good look. And uh, that was that. was that. You tried to deny it? Like, uh, how? You know, oh, she's crazy. She's making all this. It was just, just desperation kicking in. You know, wet pubes, bad look. 
Dry pubes aren't so great either. I guess you're right. But if you see a guy with dry pubes, at least you're like, well, there's pubes. But if you see a guy with wet pubes, you're like, well, that's a little off-putting. But I guess I was in the shower. I don't know. Call in if you uh, have an opinion on pubes. <laughs> it's times like this I really wish we took calls. <laughs> the phones are lighting I up, I don't know folks. whether to talk about your cheating or to talk about your assertion that wet pubes are somehow confusing if you see them. I don't think confusing. I just think it's a bad sign. Anytime you see a guy with wet pubes, it's it's rarely a good situation. Because he's just run out of the shower or he was like caught in a... Tra- he fell in a puddle? Yeah, yeah. Or like he was... It, it, it he got caught in the rain with no pants on. Yes, that's always a weird. If you see a guy with wet right. pubes, something's going down. The only time it's appropriate to see a guy with wet pubes is if he just got out of the shower. There you go. Or was skinny dipping, I guess. I guess skinny dipping. I've yeah. never skinny dipped, which probably doesn't surprise you since I wouldn't like New Orleans. Yeah, you're right. Have you? Uh, I have. Yeah. How was it? Uh, it's a little overrated because cold water doesn't help the junk area. Mm-hmm. And so now I'm just uh, out there and not looking as good as I could. So I'm not into it. But if you just skinny dip and hook up immediately, that's cool. But if you're just like wading in the water, you're basically just like you're just showing off your non-impressive, you know, goods. Hmm. Okay, let's go back to the shower all and the right. cheating and all that. Well, so then what? So she so she showed you the phone. And by the way, I wonder how many people have been cheating and have gotten caught and it wasn't because of phone or email. I feel like that's how everyone is found out these days. Yeah, that's 99 at least. But uh, there's got to be some other weird thing, like a gift was sent or whatever the hell, or a phone call on a landline. I hear you breathing, (laughs) that whole thing. (laughs) Or someone found underwear in the glove compartment. I feel like that is an old thing that happened in movies and TV shows. Yeah, what a weird thing. Yeah. Hmm. Because why was it there? Yeah. Why wouldn't you just... Take it with you. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. Maybe you wanted to keep them as a keepsake, but... Have you ever asked a girl if you can keep her underwear? No, never. Okay. Just a tampon. <laughs> that's so gross. <laughs> I'm going to guess that's a joke. I'm going to hope just it's a, a joke. joke. Okay. Just a joke. Okay, good. Um, okay. You know, I think of myself as very open-minded... In terms of period stuff. Oh, really? Because I certainly talk about it all the time. Yeah, me too. Um, <clears throat> almost with like an axe to grind. Like, uh, yeah, so I talk about it all the time. Too much, arguably. Uh-huh. <clears throat> and uh, a friend of mine recently started an Instagram account where she is showing pictures. Oh, here's that thing. Hang on one second. Oh, good. <clears throat> it's happening. <clears throat> Jeff, can you cut that out? <laughs> <laughs> Where she's had people send her pictures of their clothing that's been ruined from or stained from period blood or just all sorts of period. It's almost like an art project, yeah. but it also sort of has an agenda. It's like, let's normalize this. Right. And I wouldn't have expected this, but looking at the photos, I was like, this might be even a little bit too much for me. Just seeing like, oh, a, wow. do you know what a diva cup is? No. It's an alternative to a tampon. I've never used it, although people have recommended it a number of times. It's like this little cup that goes in there and it catches all the blood. Oh, I've heard about that. And then yeah. you take it out and you dump it out. So it was like a picture of this cup. Because ah. I have a, I'm cool with periods, but I'm not okay with blood. Yeah. Well, that's so, just blood now. I mean, this is getting a little uh, off the beaten path here. It is. Also, horrible name for that. The name sounds pretty cool. 
like diva cups. It was like a chalice. Right. And now it's this cup yeah. that, you know. Like, let's collects. have some champagne. Yes. So bring me my diva cup. Yeah, but now it's just uterine lining in a little cup. You actually probably could do a shot out of a diva cup. I think so. That, Ugh. but a clean one. Bloody Mary. Yes. Okay. It's funny. I still want to talk about you cheating, but I don't even have any more specific questions. Ah, uh, you know, we should probably move on. I, I don't want to. I don't want to divulge if this gal is still listening. Does she hate you? Uh, I think she did, but she uh, she this is years ago, so we're I think we're cool now. Mm. But she has every right to hate me, and I fucked up, and uh, I feel bad about it. Do you think being in a relationship for all those formative years, like how did that affect you? Uh ooh, yikes! I think I just uh, I felt this is like a guy thing. I think I felt a little clipped, mm. you know, and I think guys, and I think girls do this, not to generalize, but I think there's a lot of gals kind of, uh, when you're in a relationship for a while, they they uh, they kind of f- form you to be a little bit, like they kind of take the aggression out of you and then kind of get mad that you don't have the aggression. You know, does that make in sense? In the bedroom or in Just life? in general, like they take away your... Your uh, oh, your oomph, you know, your malehood, and then after a while, they're kind of like, "Well, I, I want a man again." I'm like, "Well, I was, but you kind of took it out of me." You know, does that make sense? It does actually, even though I don't want it to. I want right. to be like, I don't know what you're talking about, but I kind of know exactly what you're sure. talking about. I appreciate the honesty. Now, but do they take away your oomph and your manhood by ex? By just is it just attrition, like just from just from being in a relationship, or is it because they are kind of controlling? I don't think it's controlling. Not with her. She was like a a cool, fun, just great person. I think it just it's wear and tear over the years. You know, like uh, I need you to do this, and you know, like be because I know that with my husband. I am very much like I didn't like your tone. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I've never like actually that. said those words, like but that. there's a lot of like I need to be respected. I need to I need you to understand my feelings, like all of that. Which actually, all of that is sort of the opposite of oomph. Yeah, the opposite of like of primal oomph. Yeah, like as a guy, you want to. I think it's attractive when a guy's like running around town and handling his business and uh, you know living his life the way he wants to do it and kind of living on his own terms i think that's kind of hot you know right. a guy's like he's a hunter gatherer type and then you know it's uh after a few years of being in a relationship you're just kind of a gatherer that's so interesting that's it's such a bummer and it is, also it, it's ironic it's it, a whole bunch of things it's so true because it's very attractive when a guy is all those things you just said yes. but that doesn't work well in a team it, as, a, as a team as a member of the relationship completely i mean it's a whole rock star thing you look at a rock star the drummer's hot he's out there he's sleeveless tattoos hair shaking sweaty and then you take that hot sexy guy and you put him in a relationship and it's where are we going? Oh, do you want tie? I don't know. Whatever you want. Oh, come on. What do you like? Ah, whatever you want. Now you're sitting at a dinner quiet. The whole thing's taken away. Yeah. You know, and uh, and that's not a woman's fault. It's just how life works. You can't be the drummer 100% of the time. It's so true. So true. So, okay. New Orleans, you mentioned before the podcast started that you are a bedwetter. Oh, yeah. Big time. And it was it's in your bio, actually. And I told you that I didn't know whether it was a joke or it was real. Apparently, it's real. Uh-huh. Till what age? Ah, man, I was a late uh, unbloomer. I probably <laughs> wet the bed till I was 13, 14. 
you know, it became more sporadic, but in, it was every night basically for a while, and then it became like once a week, then once every two weeks, and then eventually nothing. But I used to get drunk a lot and wet the bed. Oh, I was that guy? Wet Wait, the were bed. you drinking as a as a young person? No, I mean, I was. I probably started drinking when I was thirteen, fourteen. But I'm talking like blackout nights was. It was always a guaranteed bed wet. I have a friend mm-hmm. who I believe probably still right now is in a bar somewhere being like really hilarious and really funny and also wetting his pants. There you go. Like I've seen him wet his pants in a bar. Whoa. Yeah. And be unaware. Wow. That's and it's bad. just, yeah, but it's just a thing that like everyone accepts about him. Like, huh. yeah, he drinks a lot and he, he has a small bladder, I guess. He should get a diva cup. <laughs> um, and now I'm thinking, oh, is he going to hear this? Cause he sometimes listens. If you are, I love you. I love this about you. Yeah, and you what a just hero. do you. Yes, and everybody knows. I think knows he has about no it. shame about it. There you it's go. Pretty, yeah, you've all accepted it. I think it's pretty cool. I mean, maybe you drink a little too much. Ah. Now, I'm, <laughs> maybe you could dial it back just a little bit. Yeah. So, yes, and in your special, there are plenty of jokes about drinking and hangovers. Yes. Um, is do you feel like you have a problem? I think I did. I've cut back. I'll, I'll have like a beer a week or something like that now. Oh. So I've really... That's s- a pretty strict cut, cutting back. Yeah, yeah. I, I, dr- I really like beer. I like whiskey. I like a scotch. I, but I just... I drink it to actually enjoy it instead of just to get fucked up, which is what I did before. Before mm-hmm. I was the guy like at the end of the bar, oh, there's a glass of wine that no one finished. I would chug that. Oh, there's a half a beer. I would chug that. Ooh, what is this? A little bit of you know vodka on the rocks? And I, would just ch- I was just that guy, just like trying to get as fucked up as I could. And then what kind of drunk were you? Uh, the fun guy. I never went like belligerent, never got in the fight mode. I was just the fun guy. But then I would get too fun where I'm like swiping people's ass crack, like credit card swipe <laughs> guy and <laughs> twisting a nipple and all that. So, you know, had to cut back. And then you start getting in the showbiz and you're the drunk guy at the showbiz party mm-hmm. and you go up to the booker or whatever and you do this and that and you say a slur and it's, yeah, it's bad news. So did you have a, did, was there an event that made you say, I need to dial it back? I mean, I've had so many. I've, uh, <laughs> I woke up in my mom's car, uh, once with cops knocking on the window. I was in the projects in my mom's Lexus and I'd fallen asleep and pissed myself in the car. And a lady called the cops saying there's a white kid dead in the projects in a Lexus. <laughs> so the cops showed up and they pulled me out of the car and I was soaking wet and I gave my ID. My ID was dripping. It was a whole thing. So I've had a million. I, I got drunk and blacked out while driving, and I woke up, and I was riding the rail of the highway. Oh, my God. The highway rail was in the middle of my car, like a skateboard kind of thing, and I pulled off the highway, and uh, both tires were flat, so I had to go to a junk. I had a 71 Cutlass, which is a rare car. I had to go find the right rim because the both rims were shot. So I've had a million uh, close calls. I didn't know you were drunk driving as well. Well, New Orleans, you know, you got to drink. You have drive. to. Yeah, you have to. You got to get home. <laughs> there was no Uber back then. Wow. And I'm pretty good drunk driver, but you know, for- that's what everyone who drunk drives who <laughs> drives drunk says. They do say that. You're I right. used to say that, but I've never had a DUI. I've never, you know, died. Yeah, but that's only that's only sheer luck. Because your luck. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you're, you're lucky. Right. Maybe oh, I'm a lucky I, you know guy. what? I, maybe I'm not right. Maybe, I mean, right. Maybe you're really good. Like if I was drunk tonight, I could get get around L.A. with a GPS on my lap and just, you know, find and driving around fine. Okay, so back to New Orleans. All right, bedwetting. Enos was that his name? Yeah, Enos. Enos. Whatever happened to Enos? I don't know. I should keep up, but I was pretty young when he 
you know, he was f- always following the wind, you know. He just kind of went where the wind took like him. Mary Poppins. Exactly, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, he, he, was a, he was a savior. He taught me, like, how to dance. He taught me how to fight. He taught me how to, like, treat girls, you know, like, always put the seat down and let them through the door first and all that shit because my parents were always gone, so he was, like, my guy. What did your parents do? They were both lawyers, and, um, yeah, they were never home, though. My mom was a lawyer, then she taught law at night. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what the hell my dad was doing. But, uh, yeah, they were never around. One time I walked in on a robbery, and after that, they moved their practice into the house. So that was kind of nice, because I got to see them a little bit. But uh, one time I was I was at summer camp, and I was riding my bike home, which was always a gamble in my neighborhood, but, you know, got to get home. And these three kids uh, were taunting me, you know, from the, from behind me. And they would do this move where they would rub their front tire on your back tire, meaning, like, we're going to steal your bike, mm-hmm. like, slow down. And I was kind of like, yeah, yeah, we're good. Uh, leave me alone. And then, you know, they pull up in front and do the skid move, you know, and so you got to stop. And they kept being like, let me try your bike. Come on, let me try it. And I was like, ah, I'm good. I'm just, I'm two blocks away. Let me just get home. And they're like, let me try it. And I was like, all right, what, what can you do? There's three of them. So one of them gets on your bike and then they just ride off. Mm. Um, and I told Enos, I ran home crying. I was probably like 12. Ran home crying. And Enos is like, fuck that. We're getting your bike back. I'm like, ah, it's gone. Who knows where they live? And we jump in my parents van and we drive around we find the bike these kids are working on it on a stoop like taking it apart and shit and he uh he's like all right i'm gonna go he's like is that your bike i'm like that's it i'm slunched down because i don't want them to see me you know i'm with this transvestite in a van and uh he just gets out of the car walks up to him goes give me that bike it's not yours And they're all going nuts like look at this faggot all this shit they're going crazy and he just grabs the bike out of the kid's hand pulls it walks back to the van slides the door open throws it in and we drive off I love Enos. Uh, he's a badass. In high heels, mind you, and a wig. That is impressive. Yes. He so you is got a, your bike back. Got my bike back, never rode it again. I was going to say. I don't want to be that guy, you know. Right. Which guy? The, the guy who, <laughs> I guess who it's not even wasn't cliche. listening the first time? <laughs> yeah, the guy who uh, has a transvestite get his bike back and now rides it again in the neighborhood. That old trope. <laughs> it's so hacky. Yeah. If it weren't true. <laughs> exactly. Um, okay. Uh, the wheels are turning. I, the, I know. The there's so many directions. Brain. Yeah, there's so many directions we can go here. Well, let's go with the most interesting. Why did your parents choose this neighborhood? Uh, well, they're very liberal. You know, every time my bike got stolen, maybe eight times, they'd always be like, "They need it. They need it more." <laughs> you know, a lot of that shit. And uh, my dad is kind of a wild hair up his ass guy. Let's try this. Mm. He always kind of wanted more out of life, I think, and so. When he got this deal on this house, it was so cheap because it was so fucked up and the neighborhood was so bad that he was like, let's do it. And he just had these visions of grandeur and all this. And he's kind of like a what, – what's the word when you're like he has no money but he wants to look like he has money? You know, he like wants to be – like he'd always buy a Beamer but it didn't run kind of thing. Right. You know? So he was that guy. But in his mind, he's like, I'll fix this up. I'll be the toast of the town. I'll have a mansion. Mm. And uh, just – it just never came to fruition because it was so expensive and the neighborhood and everything. Right. So growing, this is what I'm wondering. So I don't know how to, I don't know how to articulate this in like a acceptable way. But growing up in this neighborhood, and you said the race relations were not good. Well, we were the one white right. family. Did you find yourself becoming racist? Is what I want to ask. We've, oh, you know, it's my black friends always ask me that. They're really? like, How do you not hate black people? And I'm okay. like, I don't know. Well, then I feel it's an acceptable question. Yeah, black people asked it already. You're good. Uh, I I don't know. It was because I went to school. I went to public school, and I had black friends at school. So it was I wasn't like all black people are are like this. It was just these people are poor, 
and terrifying, and they hated us just because we were white. Uh, that's a lot of weird thing. People don't think other gr- groups are racist. It's mm-hmm. just white people. But no, no, they are, and uh, pretty terrifying. Well, that's, that's what I'm saying. If you're a kid and you're hated for being white, yeah. I could imagine in response you would then begin to hate people. Uh, or fear them. It was all fear, mostly. I, I, fear I, and hate it, are so closely tied, though. I guess you're right, yeah. I don't mean to tell you how you feel. No, no, but you're, <laughs> they, that's true. I guess that's where hate comes from, is fear. I think but, so. Yeah, I was just more like, why don't they like me? Why don't they like me? I was worried about getting them to like me more than me. You know, I already knew I was scared of them, but I I felt like if I get them to like me, life will be good, which maybe is why I'm in comedy. <laughs> but, uh yeah. Uh, I just was so scared all the time, and I wanted them. To, I would always like try to play basketball. One time, I they were playing basketball on the local courts, and I went up and I was like, "Ah, hey, can I get in?" And a kid threw a basketball in my face, broke my nose. So that was like, oh, and I just it hurt so bad, I was bleeding. But I just turned around and walked away because I didn't want them to see me crying. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that was like that was kind of the vibe of the hood. That know? is, it was very, pretty. Rough. That is a very sad story. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just, I don't know. It's hitting me on, on some kind of level. Sorry. Not well, the broken not the broken nose level, but just the like, can I be can I be included? Yeah, yeah. And then like a thousand percent fuck no. Right. Just because of you're different. Yeah. You know. Did you have your nose professionally set? Because it doesn't look like it's been broken. Well, I was about eight. So uh it, I did have that cast thing on for a while, but mm. I, I think it was set pretty well. Do you have siblings? Older brother. Now, he just stayed in the house the whole time because he was like, why would I go out there? It's crazy. (laughs) And I was like, I was trying to make it work, but it wasn't working. But he was like, fuck it. So he just played on a computer all day, every day. And now he works as a computer programmer. And he's like a computer genius. Oh, so so it worked out. Yeah, he got like his 10,000 hours in. He knew DOS, you know, Mm. when he was like eight. So he he was just a computer guy. What college did you go to? I went to a few. What colleges? Uh, I went to UNO. Uh, University of New Orleans. Then I went to the community college because I failed out, so I had to get my grades back up. Then I went to Southeastern. Then I went back to UNO to get my degree, and I finished online. I moved to New York, finished online. Gotcha. When did you? And how did you get into comedy? Uh, well, you know, again, the low self-esteem thing. You know, I was one class clown in high school. Always a fun guy. Always cracking wise, and then uh, I was in. I was working in a restaurant, and this guy said, "Hey, I'm a comedian. I think you'd be good at it." And I was like, "Ah, who, yeah, who am I? Come on, just like Carlin. That's I felt like that's like being an astronaut." <laughs> and he was like, "Well, just try an open mic." So I got pretty was hammered this in New Orleans. No, it's in Baton Rouge, which is where Southeastern is, mm-hmm. the school. And uh, I I got really drunk, and I was hooking up with this girl at the time who had a yeast infection. So she gave me a yeast infection. So I talked about that on stage, and it did pretty well. <laughs> Yeah, and it felt great, and I was like, I think this is something. And I was so rudderless, and I had zero going on. I lived in a house with five guys. We were drunks and idiots. So I, it, I had some kind of aspiration now, mm-hmm. which felt good. Like, not even to be famous, just like, I could get good at this, and this is a hobby. Let's do it. Right. And so I was hooked. I was, like, looking in the phone book for open mics and comedy clubs and driving eight hours to do this and that. So I had something going on, and then I said, fuck it, I'm moving to New York. And that was To that. pursue comedy. Yeah. And so how long were you in New York? I'm still there. I've uh, been oh. there about 10 years, almost. But brutal transition. Moved to New York with $400. Wow. Got bugged three times in a year. Landlord died of AIDS. And I got bed bugs in New Then York. what happened? Uh, then it just kept <laughs> getting better. a little better, a little better. Yeah. You know, it took years. But, you know, you have no money, so you can't do anything there. And you... Did you work um, 
you must have held down jobs where you oh, were there. Oh, yeah, all, all kinds of days. What jobs. kind of stuff? I, my first job was I worked at New York Film Academy as a file clerk. And I just worked in a big room with wall-to-wall file cabinets and a little ladder, and they would just bring in stacks all throughout the day, and I would just put them, you know, file them, and it was the worst job ever. You know, paper cuts and the clock wouldn't move, and it was so many manila folders. I hate manila. <laughs> and... uh yeah, and it was from 9 to 6.30. It was brutal. And I would go on my lunch break, and I found an, a space in the attic that no one used, and I would write in the attic. It was like out of a movie. Hmm. And uh, I'd write jokes in the attic, and then I would do open mics all night, every night. How'd you meet Amy? Uh, I was doing a club called Comics, which is no longer there. It was on 14th Street. I have been to Comics. Have you? With an mm-hmm. X? Yes. Yes. No longer there. Great club. It was just too expensive. Did, wasn't... Didn't it have another club in the basement? Was that yes. comics? Otto's Shrunken Head? Ochi's Lounge. Otto's Shrunken Head is something else. That's a else. surfer bar on the east side. Okay. Yeah, also on 14th Street. But uh, that, that also has a comedy show. But Ochi's Lounge was like where the open mic guys went. Yeah. And the, the big headliners were upstairs. And so I was in the upstairs room, and it was like a big deal for me. I had you know no money. I was nothing going on. And I was bombing, but one joke worked. And while I was telling that one joke, Amy happened to walk through. And she came into the green room, and she was like, she was nobody then. She was mm-hmm. just a New York comedian. And she came in, she's like, hey, I, I like that joke. That was really funny. And I was like, oh, thanks. And she's like, I'm doing Hofstra University if you want to open for me. And I was like, oh, my God, of course, sure. I, I, you know, I just knew her as this older comic. I didn't know who the hell she was, really. Right. And we went up to Hot. We took the LIRR, which I'd never taken, never been to Penn Station. She <laughs> bought me a beer at TGI Fridays, which was like a huge deal. I, I was literally penniless, literally. And uh, she took me out there. We had dinner with her mom, and we did the club or the college. I bombed, and uh, there was like eight people in the crowd, and then we took the train back, and she was like, yeah, this was fun. You're easy to work with, whatever. Here's some more dates. And I had, she gave me dates. She gave me like Chicago and Denver and Indianapolis. And now now I'm a comic. Wow. And that that's was really it. serendipitous. Yeah, it was crazy. I mean, the luck I had was perfect. And then I watched her go from doing so, the So yeah, roast. so really like how, because I, I, I'm sort of familiar with her rise. Like at what yeah. point was this? What year was this? I'd say 2009, early 2009, maybe 2008 maybe but right. i think 2009 and she was okay so she was not a, a big name yet. no she hadn't done anything of note really mm-hmm. she was on last comic standing and i think ellen that was her claim to fame and then as i got to know her more a few months and years past she did the charlie sheen roast mm-hmm. which was like huge that was a big catapulter and then she got her own hour special which i opened for at the fillmore in san fran that was fun and then she showed me this thing. She was like, hey, look, I'm working on this TV show. And it was inside Amy Schumer. She showed me on her laptop. And I was like, oh, this is cool. And she's like, I think it might go. And then she <laughs> sold that. So now she's got a TV show. And then we'd all go out drinking after shows. And she was in her hotel room just typing away. And that was Trainwreck, which she was oh, writing. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's so cool. And so she just had a plan the whole time. And we were all getting high and drunk and trying <laughs> to get laid. And she was off working and planning for the future so are you guys good friends or do you have a working relationship uh it's definitely a working relationship but i talked to her today like we're we're buds we're we're like text close Mm -hmm. you know what i mean and she had a party last week i went to that so like we're we're cool but as a comics you can't you can only be so close i feel like because we're kind of guarded right um also i am her opener so i don't want to like step on any toes she's still like She's given me so much. She's so generous and loyal. So, and also, I'm a weirdo too. I can't get close to people. Like sometimes she'll look me in the eye and go, "Say you love me. Say it." And I'm like, "I can't. I can't." She <laughs> makes me feel weird. It's like 
Goodwill hunting, you know, and she's hugging me like, it's not your fault. <laughs> so uh, she totally gets me and I get her and we understand that. Uh-huh. And we don't have to like call each other every day, you know. So what is re- what do you think is required to have that sort of like, what is it about you that makes you the, a good opener for her? Because I imagine you probably thought about it before. Oh, yeah, all the time. Well, we're both big introverts. She is an introvert. Like, she would rather go in a hotel room after the show and just watch a movie, pajamas, maybe a joint, and an order in. And uh, so that's good. And I, I got nothing to say. I'm all, I, I hate small talk. I hate all that. So, like, we'll just sit on a, on a private jet for four hours and no one will say anything. And she'll just lean back and be like, you want this? And it'll be like a half a sandwich. I'm like, yeah, sure. And that'll be it for the whole flight. And it's not anything bad. It's just we got nothing to say and we don't mm-hmm. need to say anything. Mm-hmm. So it's I think that is what it was. And when she told me she uh, – somebody said that she once said about me, he never tried to bang me, he's low maintenance, and he does well on stage. And so that's so that's why I use him. Did you ever think about trying to bang her? Nah, nah never. I mean, she's a sexy woman and all that, but like – I don't know. I'd rather the work. Because I guess that's what I was wondering when she initially approached you and was like, hey, that was funny. Want to, you know, open for me at Hofstra. And this is like the first time you guys are hanging out. Was yeah. there any sort of flirty vibe? Uh, Not really. No. I, I, I don't know. Were you with the girl you later cheated on at the time? Yeah, I was. Okay. But I still, you know, would flirt I mean, clearly, with girls. Yeah, clearly you weren't faithful, so. Yeah, yeah. But it never, it never I mean, not to, I don't know if this sounds offensive. That's the hard thing about being a guy is like, if you don't flirt, you're, you're what's wrong with me? And if you do flirt, it's like, hey, I'm, I'm not a piece of meat. So you're kind of <laughs> like, oh, shit. But uh, I just never got the vibe from her. And I, I saw her as a comic. She's like, you want to open for me? And my, my, the pinball light lit up in my head of like, work. Yes, right. comedy, right. career. So uh, there was always that. And all my friends were always like, dude, what's it like? And she has the BJ. What's, you know, and I was like, ah, I never, never even came up. <laughs> um, so when you guys go on the private jet, which I'm going to need to know what that experience is sure, like. Sure, I have a lot of photos. Is it usually just the two of you or? No, no. It'll be like, there's like a road manager, her sister maybe. or Oh her, yeah, her sister travels yeah, a lot. a lot of sister, a lot right? of brother. She has a band open for her as well because mm-hmm. her brother's in a band. So she's like helping him out. So it's like him, the drummer, the bass player. And then she'll have like a hair girl or a makeup girl. And then maybe a manager every now and then. So it's always a, a full bag. Mm-hmm. But we've gone on places alone together where like we'll just jump on the the uh, Metro North or something or Amtrak and go to DC and then come back. Okay, so what's being on a private jet like? Oh, I mean it's it's the best because you forget how easy travel is, but we just make it so hard. Security and you know there's other people there and it's basically the difference between getting in an Uber and getting on a Greyhound. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just less people to worry about, less people to wait for. You're she's rich, so we don't need to go through security because what what's she gonna do? Hijack her own plane, you know? <laughs> so like if your flight is at five, you get to the airport at four fifty eight, you get on the plane, you leave. And then there's booze, you get up and get your own drinks, you make a sandwich on the plane, there's like a spread of food. It's crazy. You don't even wear a seatbelt, do you? You don't wear a seatbelt. She's got a bed in the back so she can just lay down. She's watching, you know, Captain Ron on a laptop back there and uh it's great. You kick your feet up. I got it's got Wi Fi. I got the, a podcast. And the bathroom's going. pretty nice. Bathrooms are small but nice, but yeah, small, but it's like a New York bathroom. Nice big toilet. And uh the private jet the 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 uh the drawers are full. I always steal from the private jets, which mm. is kind of ironic. But it'll be like tubes of toothpaste, 
toothbrushes, you know, the dental floss and all that. And I just take all of it and put it in my bag. Ironic because if you're on a private jet, why do you need to steal? Yeah, exactly. Interesting. Never thought about that before, but I do it. And what kind of... I don't even care if no one cares about this anymore. I care. Yeah, I just imagine people being Lay like, "This too, it's too many questions about this." What kind of airports are you flying out of? There's, are there private jet airports? Yeah. Okay. There, there's a, a jet company called Signature, mm. and they have like Teterboro and all these other all these uh, major cities have like a little town next to it with a with a nice airport. And we we saw Bill Maher walk through once. You always see these celebrities coming in and out, right? And it's pretty cool. And there's like. Free food there, and there's big screen TVs, and it's it's almost like the whole thing is one first class lounge, you know. And there's a million little planes out there, and the pilots are so nice, and the the flight attendant, I almost said stewardess, they're so like happy, you know. Steward, uh, flight attendant. Yeah, it's like how they are in first class. Yeah, exactly. And you're like, oh, you can modulate. You don't have to be miserable. There you go. But you crank up the miserable for coach, I guess, yes. because otherwise there's nowhere to go. Right. Exactly. And I'm sure the coach people are cunts too. So they just get used to cunty on cunty. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. Horrible radio team. But yeah, yeah. So it's uh it's just great and it then when you go back to a commercial flight, you're like, Oh yeah, I'm back in the cattle call here. This is mm-hmm. crazy. It's so much worse than it needs to be, but I think when you have just the the unwashed masses you got to treat them like idiots so just to get through everything. You know, all right, single file line, group one, group two, or else it would just be fucking chaos. So we need that shitty regiment. I guess. I, we don't, but... No, not you us, know, you put but them. The guy in Crocs and jean shorts and the neck tattoo, and it's yeah, it's a whole different story. I don't want to, you know, hurt and offend your Crocs and jean short neck tattoo audience. Like, what kind of jean shorts? Cutoffs? No, cutoffs I like. Like on a girl, I think that's hot. No, the but the guy who's got the neck tattoo and the and the jean shorts. I think are I'll, these? I think there's a regular jean short with a hammer loop. Oh, that's the worst. I don't even think I know what a hammer loop oh, is. Oh, you know a hammer loop. I mean, I can imagine a hammer hanging from like someone's jean shorts. Yeah, <laughs> I guess that's a hammer loop. Yeah, I mean, just I'm I'm saying I think a cutoff jean short has a little more. Uh, at least they planned it. Right. Some some weirdo bought jean short pant as pants. That's way worse. Okay, so we were talking about introverts. Yeah. Who which comedians would you say are true extroverts? Because you meet comedians all the time. Yeah, that's a good question. Uh they're out there. You know, like uh I think more of the improv world is extroverts. You know, like like a Dana Carvey, mm-hmm. who I met last night, is an extrovert. He's in the green room yucking it up. Just freewheeling, talking without thinking. We're all loving it, right? And I, and as an introvert, I'm like, great, you 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 hold court. I'm I'm happy to just sit here because uh, once the attention comes on me, ironically, I panic. Mm-hmm. Um, unless you have material, unless I have material and a microphone and a setting where audience is wanting to hear me, which is crazy. How much I need to actually have permission? Yeah, uh, but. Yeah, like guys like that. Like I've I've never met Will Ferrell, but I imagine he's probably extroverted. Mm-hmm. And so I think the stand-ups, not improv and actors, the stand-ups who are extroverted tend to be less funny. I think an introvert is better because he's just observing constantly, right. and he's thinking and analyzing and working on shit in his head. But the extrovert is too busy living, so he's not taking it as much information. So who are some other like true introverts? Oh man, like Louis C.K. He just sits there quietly, and he's like, a, I'm not saying he's not a he's a boring guy. He's fun, but he's he's just a quiet dude. He's reading or something, 
who else? Who else? Dave Attell. Mm-hmm. He's just a quiet weirdo, you know, <laughs> just slur like uh, lurking through the night, smoking and looking at porn. I love him. He, uh, he's the best. I had him on my show, and I was for some reason I was in, intimidated ahead of time. Yeah, I don't know what I was expecting, like something really like acerbic or can I keep up? And he was like oh, a big sweetheart, sweetest the nicest guy. guy. He's a big scent. We're all mushy guys. Yeah, you know, we just drink and smoke and stay out late because we're trying to we, we're trying to seem dark or whatever. <laughs> I don't know, but we just uh, we're all weak and sad. <laughs> So who else? Who else would you say is a real oh, introvert? Oh, uh, I think the the good ones, you know, like like Dave Chappelle, quiet guy, very mm-hmm. quiet, uh, just sits there, smokes cigarettes, and pontificates, you know, and thinks he's a, he's a real ponderer. You know, you tell him something, and he takes like a little bit too long time to respond because he's just stewing in it, and you get all anxious, like, oh shit, was that stupid? <laughs> but he's just thinking, you know. Uh, Chris Rock is actually. I've met him and he's like one of my heroes and he was pretty, he's pretty comfortable mm-hmm. just in his own skin kind of guy. He's one of those guys. He's like, I need to be better. I need to be better. I need to be better at comedy. But as a, as a hang, he's just pretty laid back. Have you met Madonna? I did. She was pretty comfortable. <laughs> she seemed like a, just a normal lady, just a confident right. lady. Still hot, by the way. Who else have you met that we can ask you about? <laughs> uh, jeez. Um. Oh, I met I met a uh, Marissa Tomei recently. Oh, she was cool. Just a normal woman, you know. Just she, I met her at a party at Amy's house, and she was just dancing to hip hop, and it was super hot. By the way, I had a thing for her and my cousin Vinny, mm. and uh, just like you meet her, she's like, "Hey, how are you? Good." I met Molly Shannon. Molly Shannon was was fun because she's kind of like. Oh, sorry. Am I in the way? Everybody okay? Like you know, she's kind of like a people pleaser or no, insecure? just like she kind of thought she was. A uh, burden on everyone, which I totally relate to. <laughs> Conan O'Brien, incredibly introverted, like just goes in on himself. Everything he asks you, he's like, "Oh, that was dumb. Sorry. Oh shit, I'm an <laughs> idiot." You know, which is so funny because I, I think that's true of life: is people who are certain way seem a certain way are actually the exact opposite. Mm-hmm. You know, like the guy who hates gays is actually gay, that kind of thing. And it's the same with comedy: the guy who's the funniest and loudest is actually the most meek. In real life. Right. Do you wish... Do you consider yourself meek? I don't think I'm meek. I've, I've figured out a nice way to blend it and hide it. I've, I've kind of created a nice little, you know, uh, persona, I mm-hmm. think, that I've perfected. If, if anything in, in my life, I've perfected that and not my act. But uh, <laughs> the act takes longer because I didn't start comedy till I was 22, but I started this thing when I was three, so... So you, there was a tweet that I wanted to ask you about, but I should have written down the exact wording, but it was something like, um, dreams make other people's life difficult. Yeah. And I feel like I know what you meant by that, but I, what did you mean by that? Well, I think a dream, living a dream, which is like this big thing in America, follow your dream and go for it. But they make other people's lives harder because we need janitors. We need garbage men. We need, uh, and garbage women. And we need, uh, you know, a little everything. You need this shitty job, but no one ever goes, you can do it. You can be a janitor. So your dreams are taking away. You're making one less janitor, one less guy to clean, and this guy's got to clean for you. So I think, uh, you know, like I've had girlfriends where they're like, hey, we should go hang out. I'm like, I got to do a set. And so now we can't hang out. Mm -hmm. So now that sucks. My parents have to give me money or have whatever to – to uh, keep me going when I was starting, so that make now they're giving me money for my dream. It's just very, it's a very selfish thing. So 
you need other people's sweat a little bit right to accomplish your your dream if that makes sense yeah like be, in the course of pursuing your dream you're inconveniencing people yeah that's that's a good way to put it do you do you think it's selfish that you pursued your dream uh in some aspects yeah but i think you got to be a little selfish in life or you're you're kind of fucked I think you're right, but I also kind of hate that. I hate it too, but you know, life isn't fair, as they say. So this special, yes. where did you record it? I recorded in a synagogue in Lower East Side. That, I watched it. Did you really? Very funny. Wow, thanks. That's a synagogue? Yeah, it's old, 1840-something. It's beautiful. The stage looks like a real stage. I know. I mean, I guess they would have a real stage. But... Yeah, it's very gothic. Uh, I don't know, I felt when I went there, I... Uh, excuse me <laughs> i went to go see like eight 80 different venues and this one just was 80 ah, it's probably like 30 but i this one was just different and weird and i never seen a special in a place like this and uh amy wasn't crazy about it but i pushed and uh i think it turned out kind of cool again it felt kind of new orleansy to me it had mm-hmm. like that old voodoo vibe or something so I, I went with it what did she want i think she wanted a standard because she's like you don't want the set to Take away. It's all about the jokes, the writing, the ideas. And I was like, I know, but this is, it's pretty enough, but it's still, it's not crazy. There's not a crazy background or anything. So I, I, I think I fought her on that one and it, and it worked, but uh, she wanted just a base, more basic. Just let the jokes talk. Don't mm-hmm. let the stage talk. And so how did the special come about and her involvement? Well, I mean, I've just been open for her for years and she would always kind of throw it out there. And uh, I was like, oh, was, yeah, yeah. And I wasn't going to get one. I'm not, like, special enough to get one. I'm just, I, there's a million straight white guys. You know, I I, I'm, I got nothing about me that's that crazy. I mean, I, I think I have some good jokes, but I, you know, I'm not, like, there's no heat coming mm. off of this guy right here, you know? <laughs> and uh, I think she was like, look, I think you're a good comic, and you should have an hour, but the days of just giving an hour to a guy for being funny is kind of over. You know what I mean? Right. I think you have to have something more. You have to have like a hit YouTube or be on mm-hmm. a show or be on a big podcast. Well, you got to have some kind of juice now. So she was like, I'll throw you a bone. Like, like you have it. to have already achieved all the things you're hoping your special will help you achieve. Boom. Wow. Couldn't have said it better. That was great. <laughs> that's bullshit. That's how that's... I mean, it's not bullshit. It's just the way it is, but well, it sucks. Somebody put it well. They said this guy, like an 80s comic, he was like, when I started out, there were five... There was... 15 comics in America, and now there's 15 comics in Phoenix. <laughs> and I was like, that's exactly right. Now, you can't go to Netflix without stumbling on 38 specials that should have never been made. Right. They're horrible. And you're like, why is this guy doing This guy stinks. And uh, so, I, you know, there's a million of those, and nobody wants to be the guy to put one of those out. Mm-hmm. So she was like, well, I know you, and I like your act, so I'll put it out. But Comedy Central is releasing it, right? Well, yeah, she still needed a, a an avenue, but she has a good uh, relationship with them, so... They, Does she have a production co- like a production deal with them? I think so. I don't know. I know nothing about business, mm-hmm. but she does have a production company, I, and she was on that channel with her TV show. So right. I assume they're in cahoots. Hmm. So are you excited for it to come out? Pretty excited. I, I hate everything I've done, but I, I actually was pretty proud of this. Obviously, I I've seen it and heard it a bunch. And I'm like, I could have done that better. Ah, oh, that's <laughs> not great. Ah, oh, that sucked. But it's it's pretty good. And I'm a big comedy nerd, so if I'm if I'm okay with it, then that's a good sign. I I was watching it and my I was laughing while watching it and my husband oh, was um a, well, he got home from work at like seven 
and then he just got on the bed and napped. So it was not. <laughs> it was. It was like it's too late for, to be a nap, but yeah. it's also not really going to bed for the evening. Right. So I don't know what it is. It's just checking out of of reality. Hey, but anyway, he was like, "Who there. is that? He's funny." Oh, is that right? Mm-hmm. That's all I want out of life, you know. Someone's sleeping husband to think you're funny. <laughs> yeah, just who is that? He's funny because it means he's actually funny. You're not like, oh, I know that guy. I'll right. give him a shot. He's actually... yeah. No, he was just hearing hearing it and thought you were funny. That's the best thing I can hear. Thank you. That's nice because I don't care about the money. I just want people to see it and I want people to laugh at it and that's it. I just want people to go, oh, this guy's all right. That's it. And it comes out May twelfth. Or yes. premieres May 12th. You got it. Then they'll probably be on some streaming, whatever the hell. Right. Yeah. Boy, it's good to sit out. Can I complain about LA for a minute? I don't want to, I don't know how much. No, complain because this uh. is, this is what's going to happen. You're going to complain. Yeah. Then I'm going to tell people to buy stuff on Amazon through my banner and then we're going to do just me or everyone. So <laughs> it's all, all right. it's all that. I just mapped it out for you. All right. I don't want you to feel like you're, you're reaching for, you're looking for stuff. Oh, no, I'm not. All right. All right. Just checking. Oh, hey, look at that. The dog came in the room. Um, so, uh, yeah, Jesus City. It's killing me because my, my manager is just loading me up with stuff and my publicist, like mm-hmm. podcast, audition. Uh, I'm pitching a show, too, so I'm doing oh, these cool. show pitches. And it's just, you know, you think, all right, well, I'll do the podcast from 2 to 3. Then I'll be out by 3.30 and I'll be on the road. But then you forget. You, you bullshit after a pod, so that takes 20 minutes. Then you... Yeah, you get in your car, you check your phone for 20 minutes, then you get on the road, and then traffic, it says 30 minutes, but it turns into 58 minutes, yeah. and it's just, so, then you gotta park, and it's just killing me, and uh, last night I had to do this photo shoot, and we didn't get home till 4, and then I all the parking spots around LA were street cleaning Wednesday, <laughs> so now I'm like, shit, I gotta fucking park here, because it's the only spot left, now I gotta get up at 7.30 to move the car, uh, and you're in your boxers, you got, you know... Wet pubes. Wet pubes, you got drool on your mouth. Ah, the city is... In New York, you can just run around, and, and you have no car, you have no parking, you have nothing, you just jump on a train, you jump off, and I feel like it's so much easier. It is easier. And I now, was very... When I lived in New York, I was very punctual. Yes! It's hard. You're either it's early so or late here. It's, yes! You, it's, it's impossible it, to be there on time. There's a lot of walking around the block to kill time, <laughs> and you're mad at yourself, you're like, oh, I hate wasting time. But then you're sitting in your car, you're like, I gotta be there at 3, and it's 2.48, and the, the GPS says 28 minutes. Oh, God, it's the worst. And a lot of people in L.A., I'm like, I do their podcast, and this is the only thing they've done today. And I'm like, that's crazy. But that's, I get it, because it's so much work to do everything. So you won't be moving here? No, no, no. Where in New York do you live? West Village. Just bought my place. Oh, wow. I sat on all that, that touring money and just saved it. Congratulations. Thanks. It's small, but it's all mine. That's awesome. Thank you. That is amazing. You're a true adult. True adult. Not wet in the bed, baby. <laughs> my parents, they were more proud of me buying a place than any accomplishment with Parents comedy. are very excited by that. Oh, well, it's some, some stability, you know. Yeah. I've done Conan four times, Colbert. I got the hour special, and they're like, yeah, you bought a place, mortgage, high five. Yeah. That's I all. rent. Oh, do you? Yeah. This is a rent? This is a rent. This oh, is a there's great... no way we could uh, could own this. Beautiful place, by the way. Thank you. It's so roomy and... Uh, it's very big. It's, it's big. nice. Yeah. It's open air. You got the, I like the archway and everything. Great. And you got a balcony, right? I do. Oh, come on. You're yeah. killing it. Carpeted, wall to wall. You got a fireplace. I actually don't mind. A lot of people like hardwood, and I, I see the appeal, but yeah. carpet is more cozy. It is cozy. You can just lay on the floor. Mm-hmm. We're actually nice. looking to move, though. What? Because we want to buy. 
Okay. Well, cause you have a baby now. So right. living up a flight of stairs is, is not ideal. And also we want a yard and all that, you know, uh, the yes. dream of a yard. Right. Right. So we will be buying a place much smaller probably. Oh, uh, well. And I don't know where. So you guys, if you're going to buy something on Amazon, which you are because they have everything, probably your special will be for sale on Amazon eventually, right? Oh, God, if I hope so. not already. Yeah. My old album is, that's for sure. What? This is my second album. Remind us the name of that. Still got it. Still got it. Yeah. But what's the name? Just kidding. Um, <laughs> go, get st- <laughs> go get Still Got It. Mark Norman's apparently not proud of that one because you said that your special is like the only thing you're proud of. Oh, yeah, I wasn't crazy about it. You're right. But go get it anyway. Yeah. Or get something else while you're there because Amazon has everything. Click through the banner on my website, alisonrosen.com. doesn't cost you anything extra. helps out the show. Also, I'm on Patreon. Um, Patreon.com slash alisonrosen is where you go. You can, can support the podcast on an ongoing monthly basis. There's different reward levels. We've got a level where you get a bonus episode each month or bonus episodes each month. There's a interactive live video stream. There's a level where you get merch in the mail. Um, all sorts of super fun stuff. Patreon.com slash Allison Rosen is where you go for that. And if you like what you're hearing, subscribe. iTunes.com slash Allison Rosen. Let's do Just Me or Everyone. Sometimes I ponder on something I have thought or done. Is it just me or everyone? Okay, so this is where people write in with things they think or do, and they wonder, is it just me, or is it everyone, and we weigh in. Demian Cordova says, I've gotten so used to a car with a backup camera, I forget what to do when I drive a car without one. Well, you probably don't drive very often anymore. I grew up drive, drove my whole life till I moved to New York, and I still drive to road gigs, and every time I come to LA, I ride okay. a car. So, I'm so a where are you with the backup camera then? I got one on my rental right now, and it's a dream, but I don't, you know, I'm still looking yeah, back at I don't, I don't, I don't know if that's like an idiot. I don't rely on the back. I'm afraid to rely on the I'm, backup I'm, camera. I am too, but it is good for getting close, close, yes, close. But totally. eyes, it's not good. You still want your own eyes. Yes. Um, Hydration Nation, mm. wow, says, uh, just mirror everyone, sit more to one side of the toilet and stretch other cheek to the other side to minimize the need to wipe. Ooh, that's just you. I, I mean, I know what you're saying, but does that actually <laughs> minimize the need to wipe? I, I guess think it's so. because there's not like no walls. cheek smush. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's smart. That's then. smart. It's practical, but you don't want to get, that's how you get a hemorrhoid. Is it? Yeah, you don't that, stretch think, that out. Yeah, I think that when I, I just feel like a vague memory or sense of like doing it too much feels dangerous. Yes, I completely agree. <laughs> like, I mean, not that I've ever taken a shit, but if you're spread <laughs> like that and then something blasts through, who knows what could rip? Oh my God, yeah. I just, I just had a kid, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I think I was actually, as, as I was saying it, I was like, I feel like I've used all the, these words recently to describe something else. Right. Because that is the fear with... I actually said that. No one wants to hear this. I'm going to share this part anyway. Yeah, um, sing it, sister. My... What? When I when I was starting to crown, my doctor was like, okay, let's just, you know, wait and and let me... Because st- I was very, very afraid of tearing because I have a lot of friends who had kids who had to get a ton of stitches. And it just, I was like possibly more than anything else, that's what I was afraid of. Yeah. So I had started talking to my doctor really early about like, is there a way to avoid tearing with the first kid? Because with the second kid, it's easier. And um, mm-hmm. she assured me that she would do everything in her, because I didn't realize a lot of it has to do with 
how the doctor is managing the labor, like uh-huh. how fast they let the baby come out. Oh, I didn't know that. So she assured me that she would do everything in her power to prevent it, you know, which basically means when the head starts coming out, they kind of hold it there Whoa. to let you stretch. Whoa. And then also like massage. And she was pouring mineral oil on the area and like wow. massaging it. Um, this is getting hot. <laughs> it was so not hot. I know. <laughs> Ask my husband. But oh, anyway, boy. so she was you know, kind of holding, as I was crowning, like, just letting me stretch, which was incredibly uncomfortable. So uncomfortable. Yeah. And at a certain point, because you, you get the urge to push. Yes. And I said, I'm feeling the urge to push. She's like, okay, then push. And I remember I said, but I don't want to blast them on out. Uh, <laughs> like, <laughs> I guess that's not really how it works. Because in my head, it's like, if I push, the baby's just going to go flying across the room. Because he's all lubed up now, too. Yeah, right. Fly across the room. And then the uh, b- umbilical cord snaps him back. <laughs> exactly. And like bangs me in the eye, though. Yeah. Be very slapstick. Right. Uh, okay. Val Perkins says, bed is always comfy, but never as comfy as it is in the mornings. Hashtag five more minutes. I yeah. Agree. It's never it's never as comfortable and it's never as easy to sleep as when your alarm is going off it's way so before true. you want to get up. Why is that? I don't... It's just painful. I don't know. Sleep is almost like a beautiful woman where if you try too hard, it's not going to work. Yeah. You got to just go in like you don't give a shit, which I can't do. Tracy, when it comes to sleep or beautiful women? Both. (laughs) Tracy says, watching my strange addiction and the like helped me feel so much less like a weirdo. I've actually never seen my strange addiction. Me neither. Okay. But it shows, and then hashtag licking cats, hashtag coffee enemas. What? I'm confused. They both sound gross. Mm -hmm. I mean, people do coffee enemas, but I've thankfully never had an enema and I don't want to have one. What is, is that an enema with coffee? Yeah. What? Why? I think... You, I don't know. You put coffee in your asshole. Yeah. Cream and sugar? <laughs> well, it depends. How do you take it? I, guess, you know? uh, black. Um, I think it's black. Or is it coffee ground? No, I think it's black. Oh, weird. Is it warm? What about iced coffee? That could get cold. Yeah, I don't know. But and also I think that it must wake you. I think you absorb the caffeine. But oh, I don't is that think that what it is? I don't think that's why people do it though. Well, it's gotta be a perk. Because yeah. your butthole is very uh absorbent. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's what the whole, what do you call it, when you put the pill in there? Suppository? That's the one. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Lila, Lila Rolling Stone says, well, have you had a suppository before? No, but I had to put one in my girlfriend once when she got her wisdom teeth taken out because she couldn't swallow. Oh, my God. Yeah. What was it, a painkiller? Yeah. That's nice of you. Yeah, yeah. It melted right away. The asshole is quite... Warm? Thank you. <laughs> I was going to say loving. <laughs> well, I wish I hadn't stepped on that then. No. Leela Rolling good. Stone says, if if one bless you for many sneezes, how many does it cover? Is there any window mm. of time that it applies to? I actually don't like when someone says bless you before you sneeze. Oh, I hate that. It kind of scares the sneeze away. Yeah, right, right. And, but they're just, they're trying to be extra polite. They're trying to be so polite that they're just like getting, like, just, I'm getting my bless you out there. Yeah. Has, is this a Seinfeld bit? Not that it's good enough to be a Seinfeld bit, but occasionally I'll talk about stuff like this and then I find out that it was in a Seinfeld episode and I feel very yucky. Oh, I, I'm the biggest Seinfeld fan and it's not in there. This he, feels new. Okay, good. He has one where he says, uh, we shouldn't say, God bless you, because we, we used to think spirits came out of it, but we know they don't, so you should say, you're so good looking. <laughs> that was his show. Right. That was on his show. 
But no, are you you a Seinfeld nut? I n- no. Oh, okay. I mean, but I like Seinfeld a lot. But I would not say I'm a Seinfeld nut. Okay, the the stand up I'm okay with, but the show like changed my life. Yeah, huge. All right, but I don't want to cut off your uh, no the important discussion of bless you's I just I, all I'm saying is if you see me go up uh, and I'm making the sneeze face save the bless you yes. till after the till after till the f- fruition of the sneeze right because otherwise it's not it's gonna hide out yeah you don't want a, a guy who's too excited to say bless you because then yeah. it's about him I'm right. the one sneezing you know <laughs> that's right don't steal my thunder yes Hannah Joe Howard says, hate when people say 8 a.m. in the morning, either a.m. or morning, mm, not both. Makes never, sense. It does. I've never really, I've never been bothered by that. Not me either, but she's on to something. Also, I'm not bothered by ATM machine. Yeah. Many people are. Are they bothered or do they just like to correct? I don't know. I think they like to correct. I think you're right. Mm-hmm. Thank you. And similar, I'm trying to think of other ones, like La Brea Tar Pits, people are like La Brea means tar is that right i believe yes so people oh, like to that. it's a real it's like a bilingual atm machine ah all right i guess i'm just not bothered by any of those things and yet i am bothered by a lot of things just me not too. those yeah me too and lastly laura wilhite says i always want to order the purse at the bar a drink hashtag rude patron hashtag need that seat and then she included a photo of a woman sitting at a bar and then her purse is sitting next to her on the bar stool next to her uh-huh yeah, I get what you're saying. Sure. And it would be funny if you did order the purse a drink. Yeah, but no one would laugh. I would. You would laugh? I mean, in that moment, no, I'd feel very uncomfortable. Yeah, me too. <laughs> but hearing, but reading about it, I think it's funny. If I was a woman with a purse and somebody ordered my purse a drink, I'd be like, yeah, thanks. And then I would drink the drink. Just because like... Because your purse is not going to drink it. Yeah, exactly. Somebody's going to drink it. Oh, my God. But how funny would it be to get a drink and then put a straw in the drink and then the other end of the straw in the purse? That would be better. Now I mean, that's just a somewhere. sight gag. Yeah. That's, that's hilarious. Yeah. My purse is a drunk. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Mark Normand. And by the way, do you pronounce the D? No. So just Mark Norman. It's a French name. And some people give me the full normal, which makes me uncomfortable. But uh, yeah, it's Norman. So I've been mispronouncing it every single time I've said it. Well, you can say it if you want. I just don't. And a lot of people leave it off I don't think it works name. that way. I don't think it I, works that way. I think it's like... This is how I say it, or this is not how I say it. But I don't know the correct one. I just go with what I say. Like Norman, probably. No, I say Norman. No, but I'm saying. Oh, the correct one. Yeah, well, you're, you're, if you're probably gonna be right. all Frenchy about it. Yeah, but come on. Right. I'm not that. It's like Stefan or Stefan. You know. Yeah. I don't want to be that guy. But but back to what I was saying. I've been saying it wrong every single time, probably. Have you? A little bit wrong. I've been pronouncing the D. Huh? I've been Can saying Mark it? Normand. Oh, that's good. I like that. That's wrong, though. Ah, you're too worried about right and wrong. Live it up, sister. <laughs> this is your problem. <laughs> I, were your parents hard on you? Actually. Were they strict? What's weird is no, and yet you would, it, it, it's, unex, I, I can't explain it. There's yeah. a lot of, looking at me, you would infer a lot of things about my relationship with my parents that just weren't quite the case. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know what fucked me up or turned me into what I am. Interesting. Well... You know what though, <laughs> they they weren't strict in the traditional sense, uh-huh. but they were overprotective. There were a lot of expectations, there but we it go. wasn't like it wasn't like if you ever get a bad grade in school, you're going to be in trouble. That being said, my sister and I never really got bad grades, right. you know, and I was never grounded or punished, 
but I definitely knew when my parents were disappointed or upset in what I did. And it was almost like the punishment was worse because it was just being, you know, having it explained to you why your behavior was absolutely not okay and why it like hurts. It hurts them personally. That's That's what it was. Everything was turned like any sort of thing that wasn't cool with them. They took everything very personally. Mm Mm-hmm. So I think I felt responsible for their feelings. And, and that's, a, that's not true strictness, but it, I think it has the same effect on a kid. Oh, completely. It, it, it sort of inhibits your ability to just be a wild, crazy asshole because you have to be incredibly responsible and meticulous because you're in charge of adults', of fe- adults feelings. Yes. It's too much. Well said. You think you nailed it. You just diagnosed the hell out of yourself. I really did. Yeah. This has been really helpful for me mark norman oh me too <laughs> thank you um but really thank you so much for coming on the show thanks for I'm having excited me. about your special coming out thanks for watching what you watch it you've done more than my parents already i don't believe that to be the case <laughs> tell everyone um where to find you and plug all your stuff all right uh at mark norm on twitter uh, at mark norman on instagram mark norman dot MarkNormanComedy.com is the website. Check out my pod, Tuesdays with Stories, on iTunes. And, uh, yeah, come see me live. Say hello and uh, praise Allah. Jeff, where should we go for you? You can find me on Facebook and Twitter at Colonel Jeff Fox. And follow me on Twitter at Allison Rosen. And follow the show's Twitter feed at A-R-I-Y-N-B-F. Thank you guys so much for listening. I love you. Goodbye. Hey, do you know about the Allison Rosen Show? Time, but now we gotta go. Yeah, Allison Rosen is your new band.